0: Hey, folks, thanks for joining me for this episode of the Embellished Podcast, a podcast focused on product stories, product storytellers, interesting brand ambassadors, and any other tangent that I happen to come up with. Whether you're a bourbon fan, a geek, a casual observer, or someone just floating through this channel, hope you find it interesting. If you got here by chance, please take a moment to hit the subscribe button. Hopefully, I can be found on any podcasting platform that exists. And if you can't find me on a platform, send me an email at embellishpod at gmail.com. I'll try to get that taken care of. I also generally live stream the recording of these events on Wednesday evenings on YouTube around 9 p.m. Central Standard Time. You can find all of my links on Instagram at embellishpod or Twitter with the same handle. I have a website. It is www.embellishpod.com. That is also a place to pick up these links, episode details, and more. Today is Wednesday, September the 21st, and we're talking with and about RD1 Spirits with Chris Tetterton, and I hope I got that right. Yeah, He is their vice president of marketing, and I I was telling you before we got on this, but I spent a good deal of time um, at... Uh, the Kentucky bourbon festival this weekend, just kind of walking around the grounds and observing how crowds flow from booth to booth. And one thing that I try to particularly pay attention to is any tent that keeps a crowd consistently because the people kind of move in and out. And uh, many, many tables will have a long line and then it'll kind of fade out. And 30 minutes later, there's nobody there and you can walk up and get your sample right off the bat. Um, But RD one, you guys uh, table was one of those that just stayed consistently busy um, in a, in a kind of a throng of other really vibrant craft distilleries and brands, and so you know, kudos to you guys and what you're doing. Thank you. But just give us kind of a, a rundown of who RD One is.
1: Sure. Well, and I appreciate that. That's you know, that's always a good thing if people are at a big bourbon festival and they stay with you. That's that's a great thing. Yeah. RD One was a is a company that was is a startup essentially. Um, it launched in 2020, which you know we were talking. It's you know a great time to launch a startup when. It's all about interacting with people and sharing a drink and having that in in a time where we couldn't do that. So, um, you know, we're excited to kind of to hopefully bring people back together post-COVID and all that. But, um, yeah, it was a startup um, out of Lexington, Kentucky, Um, and the ownership right now is kind of a unique one. It's a cool partnership. Um, Essentially, 50 percent, not all the way, but essentially 50 percent is owned by uh, my family. And the other fifty percent is owned by uh, UK head football coach Mark Stoops. Um, he's a big bourbon fan. Um, had the opportunity to get into the bourbon business, and, and we kind of went in with them, and um, it's been a, a great friendship ever since. Um, RD One is is it kind of paying homage to Lexington, Kentucky's history of bourbon. You know, there's plenty in Louisville, all over the state. People know Kentucky. You know, we as from Kentucky, we like to think Kentucky's the only place you can make bourbon. Um, it's the only place yeah. you can make real good bourbon. That's what we say, but um you know lexington's got a rich history of bourbon um and you know with rd1 it stands for first registered distillery registered distillery number one um after the civil war the government kind of took kentucky and put it into different uh districts and lexington was one of those districts and william Tarr was an entrepreneur and um uh, kind of founded the first federally registered distillery in kentucky in, in lexington um it was the ashland distillery it burnt down he rebuilt it as the william tar distillery and um it's just got a long, rich history. So we're kind of we're kind of trying to tell the story of Lexington's history of bourbon. Also, where is Lexington now and what's that history look like? What's the current history look like and what could bourbon look like in the future as you know the younger generation takes up this this really cool spirit?
0: So you, you mentioned Lexington, you mentioned a whole bunch of things, and I got tons of questions to kind sure. of connect on. But before um maybe we get too deep into that. Um, if anybody is familiar with RD1, it'll be because of the WMTAR brand. Yeah. And that's being sort of uh, mothballed might not be the right term, retired uh, sure. or temporarily retired. Um, and, and you guys are moving towards kind of a, a new branding uh, concept. So um, tell me about the, the RD1s that are going to be on the shelf or are on the shelf uh, by the sure. time anybody happens to listen to this potentially.
1: Yeah, and you hit it right on the, on, the, on the nose. So, when RD1, when the company launched, the first line that was launched out was William Tar, WM Tar. Um, you know, we had a couple of variations. It was a 114 proof, and then there was a 12 year. Um, and all of everything under the William Tar was always a limited release. So, there was only a certain amount made eight year rye, seven year bourbon blend. Um, the 12 year was a straight bourbon, but um, everything else was just a, a blend of those, of those two products. Um, different variations and proofs, which really changed the flavor. We, we worked with Dixon Deadman actually on um, Kentucky Owl and his new venture, but um, he helped us with some proofing ideas and um, did some tastings like that. So it was really cool. But yes, the William tar line, it's, it's done really well. It's selling out. Um, so if you, if you see it on the shelves, you might want to grab one, um, you know, it's going to be good collectors here soon, but mm-hmm. it's just really good. So grab two, drink one, put one on the shelf. Um, so, yeah, that's that's kind of going away. Um, you know, we, maybe we'll try and bring that back at some point or do some kind of cool, uh, you know, bring it back in, in the retro type style. But, um, yeah, in probably in the next week or so, what will be on shelves is two new bottles under RD1, uh, the, the new leg, lab, uh, sorry label. And there's a blue label for a Kentucky straight bourbon, just straight, really good bourbon at 98 proof. And then in the red label, it will be uh, a French oak finished at 101 proof. So we kind of like that higher proof. You know, we don't want to go too far down in the nineties. We want to stay around that hundred. And 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 again, this is just the beginning. These are just the we're coming out with. We got a lot more coming out with, um, and we got some really cool barrel picks that are that will be launching at the same time.
0: So you you guys are going a French route, French oak route, and Mm -hmm. I am like that's 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 the thing that I'm really kind of pushing in on, and you know. Makers Mark kind of set a standard as they started kind of going towards that 46, yeah. uh, Makers 46, and then everybody started getting interested in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, what put you guys in the position where you thought, you know, French Oak? If we're gonna we're gonna have a standard straight bourbon offering at one hundred and one, mm-hmm. but we want one finished, and French Oak is the answer, or sure. was it a result of like many experiments that it was just the best one that came out?
1: Yeah, it's uh, it really is the latter. I mean, so we went into this going, we didn't even know if we were gonna put in a, a straight bourbon, right? We mm-hmm. to us, what we really want is what is what tastes really good. You know what is going to get people excited what's what maybe is a little bit different but it's still it has to be really good um so we did a couple experiments we did some some crazy ones we did some stuff that we're still working on now um we did some that we won't maybe put out all on the shelf but we'll do private selects for private barrel picks just so it's a little you know a, kind of a more of special um but yeah we, we tried a couple different things the french oak was just really good Um, it rounded it out a little bit and it adds a little bit of spice in, in places that you want it. Um, but you know, the style that we did just worked really, really well. Um, we compared it to a lot of different things. We compared it to the straight bourbon, obviously. Um, and we really enjoyed that too. And we wanted to have something that was also kind of entry level, right. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, bourbon's getting really expensive. Our William tar line, that was, you know, the one fourteen kind of goes for, I think 80 bucks on, on shelves. Um, so we wanted something a little bit more affordable as well, um, but still premium. Uh, so it was just really a lot of trial and error, a lot of experiments that we tried and found some that just tasted great that we all liked. So we are like, if we like it, let's try to see if other people like it. And um, we've gotten some great feedback. So it, it starts there, though. It starts with what is good, and What's then good? we'll go from there.
0: That's fantastic. So what is uh, – so when RD1 hits, and we've got <laughs> – one of, one of the guys that usually shows up for the live stream of these things is asking the question, what's sure. the distribution going to look like You know, when RD1 starts hitting the shelves in the United States?
1: Yeah. So as of right now, we're only in Kentucky. Um, we are bringing on Indiana as we speak. Um, so when it launches, it should actually launch in Kentucky and then go right into Indiana I mean, by beginning of October. So we're talking you know, a week or two. Um, so that's where we are currently. Uh, we've got some online, you can go onto our website and it'll be loaded up there as well. So we can do some shipping, um, obviously due to liquor laws, we can't ship into every, you know, all 50 States, which is always, you know, it's a fun little, little piece of the trade. Um, but yeah, we've got some e-commerce stuff, um, all in Kentucky, in Indiana. Um, and again, if, if there's a certain place, you know, that, that we want it, you know, we want to hear about it so we can start working that way. You know, we, our whole thing, our, our whole kind of model is we want to really own, our backyard. We want to own Lexington. We want Mm. to own Kentucky. We want to own that area. We just want to be really strong and really good. Um, You know, we want to get it out to as many people as we can because we think we've got something special. Um, But for right now it's, it's Kentucky, Indiana, and then in our e-commerce on our website through seal box.
0: So you, you also mentioned that some of the finishes um, you kind of did some experimentation with are available um, as private barrel selects and offline. You're kind of telling me about that, but you want to expand what you guys are doing with private barrel selects that feels a little bit unique compared to some of the rest of the market. I see people like uh, wilderness trail that just kind of put out the opportunity where if you want to come in and buy a quarter or half barrel of a particular rye, you can sure um, as an individual, as a group, as a, whatever. Um, but this, this feels a little more robust than that. So give, give me an idea of what you've got going on with that piece.
1: Sure. And part of that, it comes from the new liquor laws. There's some laws that changed here in the state of Kentucky, which have really helped uh, distilleries and, and craft brands like us as well. So we're able to sell direct to consumers. So for our private barrel select or private, you know, the private uh, barrel picks, it's the same thing that for a lot of people, uh, you go into your favorite liquor store, if, you know, if they've signed on and they've bought a barrel, then they'll have something pretty unique. What's what's kind of cool about this is that we've got a bunch of different experiments that were, you know, finishes or blends and all kinds of stuff um, that if your favorite liquor store, if Kroger, liquor barn, total wine, whatever, um, or local, local one. Uh, if they come in and pick something, they may pick something. That's not the French oak. They may pick something. That's not just the straight bourbon. Maybe they picked, you know, one that we're working on that we've, that we've got outgoing is, uh, or in red Oak. Um, we've got one that's finished in cherry wood, uh, yellow birch, amberana, um, toasted maple, soft maple. We've we're doing a lot of crazy cool things. So, there may be something that your local liquor store may have that nowhere else in the entire state has because we did one barrel or two barrels of that. Um, so that's kind of cool. The other cool thing is, you know, we're able to sell directly to, to customers. So if there's, you know, if you or your buddies, you know, your neighborhood or whatever, want to get together and, and, and put in for a barrel, we can do that. Come over and we'll do a tasting and, you know, figure out what you like and, and pick what you want. And then you get the whole the barrel and, and all the bottles with it and everything. So that's kind of cool. We really like that because that's the dream, right? We get into the bourbon industry and the yep. big dream is I want to own my own barrel. Now yep. there's some legal stuff there. You can't just take the whole barrel and, and right. you know, fill it up with a cup. I mean,
0: you can't just like roll the barrel in the bed of the truck and drive away. Right. Like, right. It's not yeah. an option.
1: It's not an option these days, unfortunately. So, uh, so, you know, we, we got a bottle and everything, but you can own your own barrel. And then what we've done is on our label, you know, we'll put the actual either your store, maybe it's your company. Maybe you, you've got a Christmas gift coming up for you mm-hmm. know, in your company and you want to buy your client something really special and cool. We'll put your logo right on the label. If it's a you and your friends, we'll put your names on the label. So it's your your actual mm-hmm. bourbon that you pick just like a liquor store would. Um, and, and obviously you get all that. So and that could be something that maybe you got the only barrel of, you know, whatever we finished in. Um, and that's never going to be on on shelves outside of that. Um, so that's kind of a cool thing too. The other cool thing is we do it to where you can either get it at one Oh one proof or barrel strength. So, you know, a lot of brands it's, it's always going to be at 90 proof or 95 proof or whatever, you know, we're kind of, we're kind of whiskey nerds and, and we like that high proof. So, you know, we've got to set it up at one Oh one or go straight for straight out of the barrel. Um, so just, we're trying to give people what really, what's really cool, right? That's, mm-hmm. you know, that's part of what you get to do as a small brand You think of what's cool and let's just do that. So I have to
0: do two different questions I need to ask here. So we'll start <laughs> with the first one. So you, you named off, you know, red Oak, I'm I'm Burana, which I always pronounce that wrong. Cherry, sure. birch, toasted maple. Um, these are all, the, the amburana is kind of picking up steam in yeah. in, in the North American marketplace, but yeah. I don't see a ton of cherry or birch or even red Oak for that matter. I yeah. mean, there is some maple that floats around, which one was the, maybe the most surprising to you or were they all just kind of equally like, Oh wow, this is really good.
1: Yeah. Um, probably the most surprising. We did a couple barrels, um, with red Oak and, you know, I don't know. I didn't know much about the flavor profile of red Oak. Um, but, I think every barrel we've done of Red Oak has been picked up in and a, and a private barrel select, you know, instantly. And we started this in July, so from July to now, they've they are all gone. Um, so that was kind of surprising. I didn't, you know, like you said, I've never seen. I don't think I've ever seen mm-hmm. Red Oak out in the shelves, and um, those are all picked up. So we're excited to okay, let's try some more of those. Um, surprising in the flavor profile is by far the Amberana. Mm-hmm. You know, we we were talking about this the. The French oak rounds out the the straight bourbon. You know, it gets a little bit of spice, but it kind of rounds it out. Um, The cherry kind of adds a – there's a little cherry flavor, but it just – it changes a little bit. It adjusts the flavor profile. So if you've got a great palate, you can taste it. Ambarana is a whole nother beast. Like just, I mean, three weeks, four weeks, and this thing changes drastically. It's almost like scotch, but it's Christmassy. There's evergreen. Mm -hmm. Like it is – it's a whole nother thing, and I think it's going to be one of those things where either you love it or you hate it. Um, but everybody so far you taste it and you're just like, this is different. there's something what is that? Like it's just brand new um, and I, I've personally loved it. that's it's one of my favorites now, so we're we're about to go pretty heavy in that because this is it's just cool.
0: yeah, and that you tried it before? so I, I had one from um, Starlight. Uh, yeah that a friend had shared a sample with me and i was in the same place i i i I was i had gone through a night of doing tasting notes and you know Mm -hmm. that's one of those like super nerdy things that only a few of us are like oh i'm gonna sit down one night i'm just gonna taste through a bunch of whiskey and i'm gonna come up with what i got here and i was like you know my friend had sent me the sample you know i'm done tasting for the night i'm done writing tasting notes Mm -hmm. i just want to try something out i want to see what's going on here um I'm going to pour a little bit of it. And yeah. as soon as I poured a little bit of it, I, I stuck my nose in it and I was like, okay. It hit you I, from the beginning. The nose. Yeah. I, I realistically thought that. So it's a, it's a guy that's on Instagram. He's my daily bourbon. His name's mm-hmm. Chad. He sent me a sample and I thought Chad's screwing with me. Like I 100% <laughs> it was like he took a whiskey and he went to some, cause he's a little bit of a hipster, went to some like super hip bakery and found <laughs> a real, like just bespoke version of a ginger yep. snap cookie. Yep. And he soaked some ginger whiskey breads, and then yeah. sent it to me. Yeah, Because it's got the the cloviness and this the the snappiness and the Christmassy, like the whole thing.
1: It's grandma's kitchen.
0: It it was. And I was like, this is this is not a real, like, this is a flavored whiskey. This yeah. is exactly what's yeah, happening. Yeah. Like somebody went to some mountain in India to harvest their own clove <laughs> to make their cook. Like that's what it was. Yeah, and yeah. It was really, really good. And so the um, the next day I poured a little bit in a glass and my wife, she doesn't really care about whiskey that much, but she'll smell and she'll get, mm-hmm. you know, like whatever. And I, I was like, smell this. She's like, that's not whiskey. What is that? Right. And I'm like, no, oh, it is. Different. Like that's that's what it does. And that was my kind of first go at um, that particular finishing type. And it's yeah. it's just
1: really, really unique. And yeah. that's
0: exciting to hear.
1: Well, and getting into kind of the the background, because, you know, not everybody gets to see what does that process look like, right? Like what's, what is the process to figuring out what are you going to finish? You know, is there market research you do? Is it just experiment? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, and part of it's just, Hey, let's just try something. Um, so, you know, and we we do a lot of that on our Instagram. We're starting to do a whole lot more on our TikTok of just giving people the behind the scenes of what mm-hmm. is a, what is, what are these decisions? What's it like ch- trying to create a label for a bourbon, you know, a bourbon bottle? What's it like trying to create a new glass bottle? Like that's just kind of cool. Um, but for the Amberana, what was really amazing was we, we, we finished it for about three weeks and then we tasted it and we were like, this is, it's, it's almost there. Like this is a whole nother level um so we had to adjust it really quick because we were afraid you know can you overdo it can you over and all that which you it, can't feels like you yeah, was, it, it feels like you could yeah it feels like this so one strong. would be one that would be easy to do yeah and there's a couple brands like you said they're that they're that coming out with amber on it because that's a, a new hot thing and mm-hmm. um but man ours it's just good it's just and i don't know you know we're getting we're just now learning and getting to the cusp of is it better high proof low proof how far yeah. do you blend it what do you do with it but uh yeah be looking because that's that's my favorite probably that we've got so far and uh mm-hmm. we'll put that out whether it's a limited offering or or something it's it's coming out because i want to share this one with
0: people right this this may be distillery only so it'll force you to get to lexington something and, absolutely to experience so come by. How, how do you select your proof right so you've got 101 you've got 98 and then yeah. you've got this option whenever you go in like do you guys have a taster to, like how do you get to what proof it needs to be
1: yeah so it, it kind of goes back to exactly what we started with before it 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 all depends on what tastes good. You know, we're not, we don't really go into it of going, let's do the math. And, you know, maybe that's probably a good way to do it of, you know, proving it down and what does that stretch it to and what can you sell for yeah. all that? We, we care. does it taste good. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, yeah, we've got a couple people that are kind of master palates, have got some great palates and um, master tasters and all that kind of stuff. So we solicit their advice. Um, and then we've got some people on our staff and we'll sit down and literally we're in a you know a conference room and we'll taste that at 90, we'll taste that 92, we'll taste that 96, mm-hmm. 98, you know, we'll go all the way up to where, where we need to. And, um, you know, we want to, we, our palates tend to be, and we see this in the market, tend to be a little bit in the higher proof, somewhere yeah. around the hundred, you know, north of a hundred is great. Getting into the 90 yeah you can stretch it out and and you can get a lot of people that may not love whiskey um, but so much of that flavor just gets diluted if you go below you know 100 or so um so for these it was it was literally as you said we tasted at a couple different proofs um we said this this is special um you know it's not too not too much it's not too little it's got great flavor um so yeah we we, we said this is good so let's do it there
0: okay so, and you you mentioned this earlier. You guys are a startup. Is this your your first foray into you know entrepreneurship, or like, have, have you, is that like a thing that is just kind of in your genes? Because I tend to find yeah. like people, certain people, just like to start things and create things from scratch. And yeah, um, and then sometimes people just kind of come into it. They're like, you know what, I'm tired of working for somebody else. I'm going to do my own thing now. So, like, sure. wh- which 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 avenue did you take here?
1: Sure. So, obviously, coaches. You know, he's he's coaching and stuff. Um, as far as my family, yeah, we're, we're an entrepreneur group. Um, we've had a business here in Lexington, um, that we started from scratch that we, that we sold not too long ago. Um, we don't come from the, the whiskey or the, the spirits industry. Um, we actually come from the hospitality industry. We own some hotels that we started a, a chain there. Um, we've got a, a business up in Georgetown. Um, you know, we manage some hotels out, out West. So yeah, it's, it's very much entrepreneurial, um, and to be honest, we we got into this as kind of silent partners, right? We w- we wanted to help fund it. We believed in in what was going on. We were excited, like Coach was, so we wanted to you know help get this thing going. And um, we realized that you know we do business really well. That's kind of our thing, is from our family, um, and doing all these businesses and growing them and finding you know cool and unique ways to to offer them out to the market and to the public. So um, we got into it and and just. Really thought, wow, this is this is way more fun than hotels. This is way more fun than <laughs> you know manufacturing and, and shipping routes. So let's let's see what this is all about and uh, and brought in some really really smart people that are in the industry um, that know what they're doing that have great palettes. You know, like I said, Dixon Deadman was a, is a great friend and, and built a really good relationship with him and got advice from him um, and just some other people like Peggy Stevens and. Mm-hmm. Um, just some really great people and, and made some great friendships and then just, yeah, it's, it's kind of going into, and let's see what this can do.
0: So, so you've mentioned coach Stoops a number of times here and, sure. you know, I I'm, I'm from Kentucky. Um, Sure. You know, my my, my mom went to pharmacy school at University of Kentucky. So I spent four years living in the Greg Page married housing complex right near the football stadium. When I was very young, I ran away to a football game, (laughs) um, made newspapers This is in the 80s. Whenever kids could do that, you know, Um, the married housing complex is really close to the football stadium. It sounds way (laughs) sketchier than it was, but it's also like 1984 where kids were sort of feral. Um, So I know who Mark Stoops is, but you for everyone else that is the uninitiated uh, to the things Kentucky.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Coach has been great. I mean, one, he's, first of all, he's just a great coach. You know, I'm, I'm originally from Charlotte, North Carolina. I grew up, I, I moved here and around high school. So, you know, I'm a, a Panthers and, and Charlotte Hornets fan. Um, we didn't really have too much college stuff, you know, it was UNC and Duke and that was about it. But yep. um, moving here, you know, everyone is just diehard Kentucky. And what was really cool is, you know, it was obviously basketball, but people just went crazy for football games, even when they weren't good. Um, But coach has done obviously a great job um, turning the football team around and, and really building that program. He's a smart guy. He's a bourbon lover. He's, he's so into the Kentucky culture and bourbon culture and, and just what that means that, that kind of blue collar, sophisticated blue grass, Like there's just a culture that Kentucky has. That's, that's really cool. It's hardworking. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, you, you make what you, what you sow, right? Like you, you get what you put in. So um, he, I think he's obviously brought that to the football team, but he's bringing that to, to help us with our, with our joint venture that we're doing with him as well. So um, no, he's been great. He's, he's fantastic. And uh, it's, it's great to work with him and, and, you know, he's a great supporter and, you know, that's also good for Kentucky fans because, you know, it's one more tie to keep him here. And uh, and we like that. So, you know, all for it.
0: So a lot of whiskey startups kind of go one of two ways, at least in the state of Kentucky. You're either we're trying to create something and we want to be creative. We want to do all these things or. And maybe it's an and or because, you know, everybody's got a price. But, sure. you know, some folks are seeking out like, you know, we're going to produce some high quality stuff. And hopefully one of the bigs, the Diageos of the world, sure. notice us and say, we want to give you $30 million. Like, sure. do you guys have like, is that your plan or are you just you're making things and seeing what happens?
1: Yeah. So our our business philosophy for any of the companies that we've owned and we've had about 36 or so. And they've all been successful, I think, except for one. And that was kind of a weird one. Um, We all, everybody's got to have a weird one in there, right? So, Mm -hmm. um, no, we've every single company we've ever done, um, we've never built it up or started it or anything in order to sell. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, in part of what we do is we look at buying companies as well. And you kind of can see when someone's building it up to sell, it's kind of a hollow shell. Yeah. Um, You know, it's a rocket that blasts off really fast and then it never makes it to orbit and falls right back down. So that's never been our strategy in anything we do. It's not our strategy in this one. Um, You know, we're not going into it going, okay, if we reverse engineer how Diageo would buy, what do we do? Um, Mm -hmm. We build companies and and we build brands that can can be strong and that can impact people. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what's really cool about bourbon is it can impact people and. Because it means something. There's a little bit more um, in what bourbon means. Maybe it reminds you of your grandfather or, or your dad or that time you went fishing. Or, you know, mm-hmm. bourbon can be about celebrating. And um, we're a all a about nostalgia. that so, Yeah, there's yeah. some nostalgia there. And um, there, it's again, it's COVID brought everybody, tore everybody apart. Um, in, a, in a lot of ways. And, and we think that bourbon's a great thing to bring people back together because it's all about sharing a glass. You know, mm-hmm. no one likes to drink alone. You know, it's go get some friends in the backyard and yep. enjoy the sunset and, you know, the football game and have a glass together. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we've we've never gone into it going, you know, how do we sell? Um, it's all about how do we make something really cool? for kentucky for Mm -hmm. indiana for wherever we're going for the united states for for everyone to enjoy how do we bring lexington and kentucky out to everybody um you know if that's that's always been our 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 desire it's also a lot of fun. So, you know, why get out if you don't
0: have to? <laughs> right. And that, you know, you, you make a good point. The the company that I work for started off as a um, small tech startup mm-hmm. with the, they, the, the owners didn't have an intent to sell. They just wanted to make a top quality product. And over right. time, over 15 or 20 years, they got recognized. And, you know, somebody came in and said, Hey, we want to give you X, such amount of dollars. Everybody's right. got a price. Like, sure. And they're like, yeah, I mean, like this sure. is a thing we built, but also, Yes, we'll we'll, we'll, we'll go ahead and sell this. But you mentioned um, in here that, you know, your family's been involved in a number of things. And so, you know, hop over to LinkedIn and I see, you know, uh, this 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 vice president of marketing in in a distillery situation Mm -hmm. at one point in time has been in hospitality, um, look like maybe automotives and in investments. Mm -hmm. How who's the person that raised their hand was like, I got an idea. Let's do (laughs) a distillery. Right. Where does that come from?
1: Yeah, that came from, again, the, the original founders for the startup. Um, we knew them. Um, mm-hmm. They knew Coach, so they kind of pitched us this idea and said, hey, we want to start this distillery. We want to start this brand, um, this bourbon brand. Do you guys want, you know, we think you, you'd be great and it'd be a good investment. You know, it's, it's a growing business, all of that. And um, and we liked them and we liked the business plan. And, you know, we met Coach and we liked him. So we said, yeah, we'll invest. And again, that was our initial intent. Let's, let's invest. Let's hope it does really well. How can we support in the background? But, you know, we've got other things that we'll, we'll kind of focus on. Um, when it came time, it, it came time to, to see that, OK, this can do something. And we have a lot of business experience, sales, mm-hmm. marketing, finance, all that kind of stuff. Um, and when we realized that, that this company, this brand kind of needed some of that, um, it became pretty evident that, well, why don't we just getting a little bit more involved. Why don't we take mm-hmm. over some of the sales and, and really boost the marketing? Why don't we, you know, help get the, the liquid strategy of what does it look beyond just the initial thing? Cause no, that's a lot of craft distillers. They put something out, they sell out. And, you know, unfortunately it's very hard to, to be profitable in a, in a startup. So you end up not having much, as much money to continue your brand. So how do we create a liquid strategy that can last and we can build something? Um, so it kind of happened in a way by accident. It wasn't like, let me raise my hand and, and say, Hey, let's try this out. It was, yeah, we'll invest in this, this, we think that this is something let's, you know, let's, let's see if we can help them get it off the ground. Oh, I think we can help out a little bit more. Let's, let's kind of take over some of the sales stuff and the marketing and the finance and that office stuff that just has to happen. And um, it kind of went from there and, and now we're, now we're just kind of running and seeing what we can do.
0: Yeah. And you know, good transition, you know, cause I, I, I worked in a hotel in college in mm. hospitality Man, that is a, that that can be a rough situation uh, dealing with people, especially in situations like that and shifting into, you know, kind of distillery type work. You mentioned you guys are working on a liquid strategy and Mm -hmm. I hear that term just about everywhere. Sure. I want to get like, what, what does liquid strategy mean to you, to RD1, to, to, to what you guys are trying to achieve?
1: Sure. I mean, the basic piece when we talk about a liquid strategy is just how do we make sure, you know, we have the liquid, we're making the liquid and we're, we're getting what we need. How do we make sure that the bottles can be filled for the demand? Right. Essentially, that's that's the baseline of it. Um, that's the kind of boring back in office stuff of it. If, you know, if we're selling this much, how do we make sure that we can continue, continue to sell? because. A great thing for bourbon brands is that sold out sign, right? Because that means, you know, you had a lot and and, there's a lot of demand and it's gone. But if you can't then follow up with something, you know, another craft brand will come and take your place on the shelf and, you know, you're forgotten about. So, you know, our liquid strategy is one, making sure that we can be sustainable. We don't want to be done in two years. And that was fun. And everybody go home now. Um, thanks for, thanks for coming, but you know, we want to be sustainable, but then the liquid strategy from my perspective is, okay, how do we do something really cool that people out there just want that the people in Murray, Kentucky want in and, and Louisville want that aren't getting in Indiana. And what about Ohio? And what about Tennessee? Like, how do we, how do we bring bourbon out there? What's being done? That's why we're looking at Amberana and all the finishes and, you know, is there blendings that's huge in scotch? It's huge in wine it's kind of been looked down on in bourbon, but we're seeing that change quite a bit because now you can do some really cool collaborative blends. Look at Bardstown with their fusion series and their discovery series. I mean, you can do some really cool stuff. Um, So the liquid strategy in my eyes is not just how we, how we be sustainable. How do we do something that's really good, but unique. And, you know, we're trying to, we're trying to bring uniqueness to a very traditional industry. Um, but, you know, there's a lot out there that can still be done without going super, you know, kitsch and and, and a little cheap in a way. And not, and mm-hmm. that, you know, no offense to anybody else, but, you know, we just want to put good stuff out there. And how do we do something that's a little different?
0: Yeah. And, it, I mean, I, I hear what you're saying. You don't want to be the brand that's out there like, oh, we're aging our whiskey in a barrel that used to hold Skittles. Right. Um, you or know, And, because, you know,
1: we don't think micro aging and, and rapid aging works, you know. It's, you know and we've that's, tried it and... Maybe someone can figure it out, but so I
0: assume you guys are using fifty-two gallon barrels. Yeah. Um yeah, and
1: standard and barrels.
0: The or not 50, whatever the number is, I. People who use smaller barrels, it, rapid aging, I always kind of look at it like it, it, it's not rapid aging. It's just different aging. Right? Sure. Because, sure. Because the idea is like, oh, they're using smaller to make it age faster. And it's just right. the chemical reaction, the chemical behavior is entirely different in a smaller right. environment. You know, your right. liquid to wood ratio, all those things are different. Exactly. It's just a different impact. And maybe it has a place. Maybe it doesn't have a place. But Yeah. And some it, people like that, and that's great. Um,
1: it's far, it's it's far
0: more volatile. Like, you know, your outcome right. is just right. It's, it's erratic. And we have this kind of long history of knowing, you know, a 50 ish gallon barrel
1: is going to do a certain thing. It's hard to beat what mother nature does. I mean, it's, it's kind of, there's a difference between an eight year, 10 year, you know, product and a, and a three year product. Um, You know, it's aging is really, really important. Obviously Mm -hmm. distilling is super important, but that aging is everything. Um, So that may be something that some people like, um, we haven't found one that we really like. So, you know, we're going with how do we age quality, you know, straight Kentucky bourbon? How do we age quality straight Kentucky bourbon that we can finish? You know, what are some blends that we can do that are unique? How can we collaborate with, you know, either other distilleries? How do we collaborate with some of the public? How do we collaborate with chefs? How do we collaborate with, you know, just really cool, impactful people that may have some great ideas? So, you know, that's something we're also really excited to do get started here in the next couple months is, you know, we want to bring some other people. We want to bring some, some local chefs in we want to bring in some public people of just mm. what do they see? Um, you know, could you, could you help us do a, a different, you know, label or something? Could you help us do a, a blend that's unique? Um, you know, cause Burns everybody's it's, it's, you know, right. it's meant for everybody. So uh, we don't think we're trying not to be as in high to think that we know everything cause we don't. Yeah. Um, so we just want, we just want something good.
0: And that's, you know, you you touched on a handful of different things. There's sure. a lot of things to kind of unpack there. Sure. You know, maybe about 15, 70, 50, 50 or sixty different statements. Um, you know, you, you mentioned about the, you know, distilling and and aging. And you think about somebody that's like Maker's Mark, and they've got a master distiller and a master of maturation because mm-hmm. both are important. Absolutely. But you, you can ruin a good distillate maturing it poorly. Sure. But you can't mature a bad distillate well right. right and so they're, they're, they 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 kind of have to to play hand in hand together
1: absolutely um, it's building because you're building on something else and you got to keep yeah you got to have a strong base
0: but but you also mentioned blending and this is a yeah. thing that i've i've kind of you know, i've been back and forth on what i think is going to happen next in 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 whiskey at least in north america because you know, we're on a similar trajectory to that craft beer was on 30 years, started about 30 years mm-hmm. ago. Right. And so they kind of you know, peaked up and they kind of drop off. And on the other end, now we're into like hazy IPAs that look yep. like, you know, um, that just, you know, super foggy drinks that are, you know, kind of super esoteric, but I, I you know, for a while, I was like, eh, maybe it's going to be American single malts and, and, mm-hmm. and that's going to be the thing, but I'm starting to lean towards this blending concept. And it really is based off of, um the, like the guys from uh, american mash and grain it's yep. you know it's a website they went out they picked four craft distillers and they did their own blend they bottled up they call it borrowed page yep. and it's phenomenal it's mm-hmm. it's taking a collaborative effort from four distinctly different distilleries and blending it together and the north american marketplace you say blended whiskey and it's like ooh, that, right. that's not a good thing but i think that's shifting and it's encouraging to hear not only you know, like the, the weird fans who create a website get successful and then do their own thing, but also brands are going that way. Like like, let's, let's talk about doing a blend or doing something interesting.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And again, I think, you know, Scotch has a ridiculous history about blends. you know, I mean, that's, that's a cornerstone of that whole market is finding different areas of Scotland to blend it in and make something. Mm -hmm. And then you've got a master blender and that taster. And that's so important. And it's, it's so cool to see bringing in different locations and different you know, aspects of the geography to just to change the whole flavor profile. Um, so, you know, scotch is a whiskey bourbon's a whiskey. We think that it can do something very, very similar. So the William tar line outside that 12 year, you know, the Manchester reserve that we had out, that's a blend, that's a blend of rye and bourbon. Um, and to get that balance of where it was, it's about a 60 40 split is where we ended up, um, and it just, it changes everything. It's, it's, it's not a, you know, it doesn't have all the aspects of a bourbon cause it's got the flavor notes of a bourbon with that kick of rye and it just takes you on a cool journey. Um, and then, yeah, look at Barstown and some of the other brands that are doing that. So blending, I think it used to have that negative connotation because you're really talking about what it was think thought of was mm-hmm. a bad barrel, mix it with some good barrels and you've got an okay product there. Oh, you've got okay bottles. And from yep. that. Um, but now it's really getting into that artisanal craftsmanship of how do we bring certain plate flavor profiles and balance them and, and, you know, not make it overpowering, but really unique. And how do we take the, the taster on a journey that really, you know, they can pick up all these different notes. Um, so it's just, it's bringing, you know, one instrument and and making it now a a band out of it is what kind of what we see. So we're excited that, that we started that way.
0: It's, it's definitely one of those situations where the, the final product can be greater than the sum of the parts right? Uh, because of what right. you're trying to, to, to marry Absolutely. together in a, in a blending situation. And it feels like this idea that we've always had of American exceptionalism makes us reluctant to take on things that other people have historically done. You know, like right. Scotch has a rich blending history and right. we're like, no, nah, we don't do it that way. Right. You know, like that's, that's not the thing that we're going to do. And, right. um, we've also been reluctant or at least a lot of brands have been reluctant kind of to, to kind of push into the, the, the cocktail marketplace, right? Like yeah. of, we want signature craft cocktails because a cocktail was also in the same way that blending is trying to hide something bad. A cocktail historically was a way to potentially hide sure. the, the proof or the alcohol. Like right. I, I remember in the, in the early two thousands, the sign of a good cocktail was I can't even taste the alcohol. In this, <laughs> right. Right? Yeah. And that's, not necessarily where we're at anymore. And I, I think maybe I'm wrong, but I think you guys are heading that way as well. You've got a, a tasting room and you have, mm-hmm. you know, a list of cocktails that kind of go with your, with your, 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 your offerings. Um, tell me a little bit about that. Like, sure. Is this a part of your strategy?
1: Yeah. You know, it, it, it is in a way, you know, it's, it's really just offering people how they want to drink bourbon, um, you know, I think bourbon used to have a, a bad, uh, a bad name and especially for maybe millennials. And, and, you know, when it was that drop after the seventies, um, for some of the older generation and, and, you know, I don't want to drink my grandfather's stuff and because there was only one way to drink it, it's neater on the rocks and you can only drink it that way. And, and bourbon got that kind of, that kind of connotation. And I think this new age, this rebirth of what we've seen over the last 20 or 30 years or so with bourbon really 20 years, has been, hey, however you want to drink it, you drink it. I mean, that's mm-hmm. you're going to put it with Coke, okay. It may not be the way I drink it, but if, right. if you like it, then go for it. Um, so, you know, we want to offer it to where p- however people want to enjoy and whatever brings people together, yeah, sure. Um, you know, our cornerstone of our tasting room is still, we really want you to try it neat. Try it on the rocks because we want you to taste the flavors, right? We put it in the cocktail after, but, you know, just try a small sample of it neat so you really get to see what, quality of that of that that uh bourbon is so um yeah we've got it we've got one that's uh, a cocktail that we've been doing that's it was at the festival i don't know if you had a chance to try it but we call it the lexington lemonade and you know it's a perfect summer style drink with uh lemonade and orange juice and bourbon and kind of some other cool stuff and um it's just it's like a sit by the pool bourbon Mm -hmm. margarita in a way and it's um, it's dangerous because it's uh it's one of those things you don't taste as much and it'll hit you but uh it's so good. But again, it's, it's that, but right next to that, we've got it neat. And we want you to try that. And, you know, maybe we'll do an old fashioned, but you know, again, whatever brings people together and can enjoy a drink and have a good conversation. That's kind of, it's kind of what we want to do.
0: Yeah. And, and you, you absolutely touched on it. I did try that. And yeah. I was really impressed and encouraged by the amount of, cocktails that were at the festival this year because um you know the year before which i mean the the setup was entirely different in in 21 than it was in 22 um and you know that's that's a conversation for a whole other day i think (laughs) this year was last year was great this year was fantastic in my impression yeah but um the adoption of cocktails is allowing for everyone else and i do the same thing here right Mm -hmm. there is nothing that i have um save maybe one bottle that is sacred you know like Mm -hmm. anybody can have anything and then have sure. it any way they like it. I just can just try it once right. beforehand, so that way you know what it does to the drink that you're going to drink. Sure. You know, are you actually trying to bury it in Coke, or do you like the way that a Absolutely. whiskey and Coke tastes? Because you know, 21 year old me in a, in a bar in college, actually loved the way that those two things went together. I didn't really drink right. that much Coke, but a whiskey and Coke was nice. Yeah. Um, and so I, but but what did the whiskey that went into it like? How did it impact? It? How did it change it? Right. It kind of lets you. Let you understand it maybe a a little bit better. Sure.
1: Um, When some people that always drink cocktails that maybe have never tried it neat, it's just this is a a great opportunity for you to try something new, right? And again, mm -hmm. not saying don't order that. Just try a sample. Just see if you like it because maybe you do, and now you've got two options that you could do from here on out, you know, cocktail, and you also you you like it neat.
0: Yep. And so, um, you know, Lexington has a pretty rich whiskey tradition in it, but it does not have – the same notoriety that Louisville's carrying. I mean, they they did a really good job with you know their urban distillers row yeah. concepts that they've done, um, and then Bardstown is Bardstown, Lawrenceburg is Lawrenceburg, like all of these things. Like, what, how, how do we, you know, as Kentuckians, how do we make Lexington that? Next, that de- next 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 destination for people.
1: Sure. Well, I mean, I think Lexington is unique in itself. I mean, obviously, it's the second biggest city in, in mm-hmm. Kentucky, right behind Louisville. Um, you know, it's it's just a different feel from Louisville as well. Louisville's got this big city type vibe, um, beautiful downtown, the, the great atmosphere in the mm-hmm. urban industry or the uh, the urban center that they've got. You know, Lexington a little bit more spread out. You know, the downtown's not as big and skyscrapers as much as even Louisville has. Um, but you know, Lexington's just got this beautiful history, um, and this beautiful landscape, you know, Churchill the downs is gorgeous, but you know, I'm a fan of Keeneland cause Keenland's just, I mean, it's, it's so intimate and flat. Like it's just, when you it's think of, more Kent- personal feel by far. Exactly. Far more when you, personal feel. Yeah. When you think of Kentucky springtime, that's the first image that comes to my mind is Keeneland and the flowers and the it's just gorgeous. Yeah. And personal, like you said, um, you know, it's, it's just, it's more of a college town that's got a little bit more. It's kind of like Austin in that, right. It's, you know, that college town plus. Um, So, you know, I think the first thing is there's some great distilleries in Lexington too. Um, There's some great brands that are, that are there. Um, So, you know, I think we're, we're really enjoying that we're in a position where we've kind of seeing what, uh, Lexington history is, especially with William Tarr and Ashland distillery and the William Tarr distillery and, and that kind of line. So we're just so excited to tell that story. Um, you know, there's a, a bluegrass sophistication that we think that, uh, Lexington brings and it's just, it's Southern hospitality, you know, talking about the hospitality industry it's, it's just, you know, having that good conversation and being polite and enjoying a drink. So, um, You know, we're we're just really excited to show the world and show you know the rest of the state and in the the United States of what Kentucky is and and that history of of Lexington's bourbon.
0: Yeah, and Lexington has one of these unique features to me. You know, like I I, I, like said earlier, I spent you know three or four years of my life living there when I was a kid, and you you have a number of different ways to enter the city, and you're either going to enter through horses, you're going to drive by a castle. Or you're going to drive <laughs> by Georgetown, and yeah. all of those are all distinctly unique to the, to yeah. the Lexington environment that you don't get. In Louisville, you know, you're going into a city. Right? Sure, yeah. Lexington sneaks up on you. Yeah, you can cruise by the castle. You're on a four lane with a center, a actual center turning lane in it. Right, and then you you roll to the bypass, and there you are. Right? It just sort of sneaks yeah. up on you, and that's um, I've always enjoyed that about Lexington. I have a, a really really good friend that practices law downtown. Mm-hmm. He's been there for a while. Um, but so, so you went to UK, um, you're, you know, obviously you, you've got coach Stoops as, as a business partner here, but, uh, as a student, we're, are, are you a football guy, a basketball guy or equal opportunity? Whoever's got the best tailgate.
1: <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm, that's kind of like that conversation that's been going on at, uh, at UK right now is, you know, what is UK a football school or a basketball school? Um, Right now, you know, maybe a football school. Yeah, yeah. You know, basketball season haven't even started yet, so you right. know, let's let's see what happens then, and, and obviously in March. But uh, you know, I'm just I'm a I'm a UK fan. I'm a, am a Kentucky fan. I'm a Lexington fan. Again, I, I grew up in Charlotte. Um, my wife and I moved here, or I moved here in high school and met my wife, and um, we've lived here since. And we've had the opportunity to move to Denver. Um, we were we had the opportunity to move down to Florida, and each time we. You know kind of came the realizations we we love it here. I mean this is mm-hmm. just a great place to raise a family. um we've got friends and family here and and you know why would we want to leave we, we everything you'd want in in kind of building a family we've kind of got here at least for us yeah um so yeah, you know the football games are fantastic how can you how can you you know not love the football games especially with coaches doing? UK basketball when it man, when it gets loud, it's just awesome. And um, it's a
0: different environment. It is. And
1: and you know, one of the best men at my at my wedding, he was uh Scratch the mascot. Mm-hmm. And uh and you know, just going to hang out with him at all the games and stuff is just cool. So <laughs> I mean, Kentucky's just cool. The the fans for Kentucky are unlike anyone else, they're the most obnoxious fans without in the entire doubt, world. Without a doubt, I UK mean, fans are the most obnoxious fans. Obnoxious. It doesn't matter what's going on. You know, I, I saw a hockey game in in, high, in college, and you know the the fans UK fans were riding the other team so bad that the one of the players stopped and just shot the puck into the fans just because yeah. they're just obnoxious and, and yeah. it's awesome.
0: But they're they're they're, they're dedicated to the, dedicated. the team that they represent. Absolutely, Absolutely. No and I love
1: that it. nation kind of knows that. You look at Sports Center and you look at Game uh-huh. Day, and anytime they're talking about UK fans, UK fans travel, and and that's just cool. That's
0: just awesome. They, they do, and you know you. you I say that as a child of a UK alumnus, you know, mm-hmm. they, they're the most obnoxious fans and we're on the Western end of the state and we've got a mid-major team that's playing in the Missouri Valley. Mm-hmm. And we still have probably a third of the, of the crowd at any given game is wearing UK memorabilia yeah. at another team's basketball game, because yeah. that's how die hard they're like, yeah, I'll go watch this team, but I'm still a Kentucky fan. We're like, right, they're, they're not the even, <laughs> they're, There's two different things, you know, yeah. like, two completely different things. So yeah, no, they're awesome. Um, and we yeah, think
1: that, that, you know, Kentucky fans in general, not just even UK, but, you know, people from Kentucky are passionate about Kentucky, whether it's bourbon, whether it's horses, whether it's about Keeneland or Churchill Downs or, mm-hmm. you know, the racing, if you know about racing or not, um, sports, anything, Louisville, Murray, like you said, Morehead State, EKU, Western Kentucky. I mean, Kentucky people love Kentucky. Yep. And, and don't tell them that bourbon is made outside of Kentucky because, you know, it only comes from Kentucky. But that's that's kind of what we love. It's that passion. And that's what bourbon even brings out. It's just that passion of history and the importance of, you know, where we've been and where we're going.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. So um, so I'm a consumer. right? Sure. And I, I'm, I'm walking into a store. I know this is a super hard shift going to talk about Kentucky and Kentucky. Sure. But, um, this is one of the last ones that I actually have, like, typed out question wise. Um, we've burned through most of them. But so I'm a consumer. I walk into the store. Um, what, what do you think is the thing that is going to be in an RD one bottle that is going to be like, all right, I should buy this. Sure. Like, what is the thing that you expect the consumer to kind of gravitate towards?
1: Sure. So the first is the bottle that's coming out now that will come out in the next week or two that will be on source. So be looking for that rd one big on the bottle. You know, it's a, it's a modern style label, um, you know, we wanted to bring some, some show what we think of the of the liquid inside, which is premium liquid, um, mm-hmm. tastes great, and and you know we wanted to provide a label that we felt people would be proud of as well. That you know they'd be proud to have it on their bar, or their shelves, like you know behind you that you'd want to display it because it looks great. Um, the cool thing is um, that I'll actually can can kind of share with you and your viewers now is you know at the beginning of next year, probably Q one of next year. We've been in the process of making a custom bottle um, this mm-hmm. whole past year, so we will be taking the brand new offering that we that we just are launching, and we'll be putting it in new glass um, come next year. Which, you know, if, you, if you're from Kentucky, you know, you're here. You everywhere you see, you see the, the horse fences, right? The four plank mm-hmm. horse fences. We've got that on the bottle, just to kind of really mm-hmm. represent. You know, it's embossed in the bottle um, to represent that Kentucky. You know, there that Kentucky feel that Kentucky love that everyone loves. Cause you see those horse fences when you're driving in from Georgetown or you're driving in from the castle and you just know your home. Um, so we, yeah, we've got that on the bottle. We've got Kentucky born and raised kind of in the glass the bottle was actually modeled off of one of the original William tar bottles, um, back from the early 1900s. So just trying to bring that out. And, you know, when we, when people see it, we want them to, to realize that, you know, what we're trying to communicate in the bottle is what's in this liquid has a lot to do with the past it has a lot to do with history and tradition, but it has to do with tradition for the future, right? It has to do with tradition and how do we bring that into what, you know, what can bourbon be and, and what can Lexington be in the next couple of years? And what can Kentucky be? And how can we, how can we share, uh, you know, that bluegrass glory that we all feel? Um, how can we share that with people outside of Kentucky? And, and, you know, how do you share a drink with your buddy from Texas or Florida or wherever, you know, wherever you got family and how can you say this is, this represents where I'm from, um, so it's it's a great bottle. But yeah, when you see the the new label, um, you know we want you to we want you to be proud of it because you know we're proud of it. and We put a lot of work into it, and we want you to enjoy it.
0: So, and uh, kind of pivoting off of that, maybe tangential to it, um, one of the things. So in in the comment over here when we were talking about blended whiskey, mm-hmm. and and the commenter kind of agrees that it may be. It may be the, the the thing and one of the biggest hurdles that most brands kind of are going to encompass in a blended whiskey concept is the idea of transparency. And so yep. you mentioned it a little bit when we were offline. Now that we're online, like what sure. where do you guys stand in an idea of transparency and what you do?
1: Sure. So we believe and, and this kind of comes from from my thought process of of kind of being in charge of our marketing is, you know, bourbon is is one of those things where, you know. Probably years ago, people weren't as transparent, and they, I think a lot of consumers, a lot of the public, felt like they were having the wool pulled over their eyes, and, and they were kind of being lied to in some ways uh, for some stuff going on. So we're we're as transparent as we possibly can. You know, we'll tell you. So the William Tar stuff, um, you know, we 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 sourced that whiskey. We were a non-producing. Uh, brand for, for William Tarr. Now we've since gone into a partnership with a distillery and, and we've actually are, are breaking ground on a distillery now. So, you know, we're transitioning into, you know, getting our, our whiskey the way we want it and everything. But for the William Tarr, yeah, it was it was sourced. Um, you know, as transparent as I can be, we've signed an NDA from where we got that. So legally, I can't even say, but, you know, we, we did everything we could where we put the mash bill on the, on the bottle. Mm-hmm. So if you know your mash bills... Right. You know, do your thing. <laughs> if if you don't know where
0: it came from, just ask a whiskey nerd. They'll there look at go. it and they'll tell you. They'll, There's they'll, somebody out there that can they can yep,
1: decipher that information for you. Exactly. So, you know, we want we want to be as transparent as we can, mm-hmm. um and as 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 possibly, you know, as as whatever the legal allows us to be. So we'll talk about everything. You know, you ask us a question, we'll tell you. Um, if we don't know, we'll say we don't know, but um uh, yeah, we're, we want to be right there. Cause we want you to trust what you're drinking. You know, it, right now it's all, it's, we plan it all to be Kentucky made. Um, so yeah, we, it's, we're all about transparency it's as much as we possibly can.
0: So, so you mentioned breaking ground on a, um, distillery where you guys are building a distillery in Lexington. Where where are we building?
1: No, it's out in Western Kentucky we're, we're, we're putting together our press release. So that'll be coming out here soon. So, uh, we're yep. excited to announce that when, when that comes, that time comes and, um, we're excited to announce our our master distiller when that comes as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're really really excited. Um, but yeah, we're, we've got the tasting room in Lexington. Um, we're trying to figure out what we want to do. Uh, you know, for staying there, or if, you know, how do we want to build out? So right now, kind of the the world is wide open for us. Of you know, how do we want to continue this brand, and how do we want to bring a really cool experience uh, to the public? We've got some really cool ideas of what we'll be doing. Um, you know, you go to a lot of distillery tours and you do the same kind of tour and you're waiting to the end to get the tasting. So we wanted to really highlight the tasting. Um, And we're going to be doing some really cool stuff that uh, I'm excited about on how to give people a better experience on finishing, right? There's not a whole lot of brands doing that. Um, So how can we give people more insight into what does finishing do? How do I, how do I feel and touch and smell and taste um, what those possibilities are in finishing? So we're looking at that. Um, yeah, we're just, we're, again, we were looking at what's the best way we can bring the greatest experience to, to our, our fans and and to the public of, of what's, what's something new that they haven't tried before, what they haven't experienced before. Mm
0: -hmm. And so you're, you're distiller, you're breaking ground on, this Mm -hmm. is going to be a production facility or is this going to be a, like, this is not like a place where people can go and visit.
1: Correct. Yeah. This will be more production. Yeah.
0: If you ever need anybody, just go like check the doors, just sure, the door. just yeah, right down yeah. the road. Just, I'll run over, yeah. you
1: know, a couple quality you know, tests and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, wh-
0: whatever you need, I'm, I'm I'm at your disposal. There's
1: disposal. always a need for quality assurance, it, right?
0: it, exactly. <laughs> you know, I, at one point in time, I was in software quality assurance, I'm sure it translates to whiskey quality assurance. It's the exact yeah. same thing, I
1: mean, probably just um, as difficult.
0: <laughs> I would say whiskey's probably harder, uh, you know, it could, yeah. yeah, it actually probably could be. It's yeah. <laughs> Um, so you've got a custom bottle coming up. That sounds exciting. Yeah. Um, I'm a, I'm an absolute sucker for fantastic bottle and label design, you know, kind of the intent and the intentionality to make something that is not only delicious, but beautiful at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that, uh, and maybe it's a weird thing, but like I could find as much appreciation in the design behind a Melicorn bottle mm-hmm. as I can behind some beautiful ones because
1: yeah, absolutely.
0: it's got like a retro vibe. It makes me feel like I'm playing Atari in 1982. And, and right. I appreciate that thing, um, but but I, li- I like a good design, and that that seems to be a part of the artistry that is uh, kind of moving up. And yeah. the, you you touched on it, but is there any part of your tasting room experience that we haven't talked about uh, tonight? You know, because you've talked about it a couple different times. I don't know if we've kind of pieced it all together in one sure. kind of run.
1: Yeah. So again, the tasting room is in Lexington. It's on uh, Manchester Street, right in the distillery district. Um, you know, we've got a really cool retail spot. So, you know, shirts and glasses. We've got all kinds of cool glasses for barware. So, you know, for your home bar, we got some really cool stuff there. Um, obviously, all the bottles, um, any limited releases, we, we also like to run out of there just to give people a really cool um, experience. Um, but we've got a great tasting bar. We've got a great staff out there that kind of walk through the whole. Uh, process of how to taste you know that's another thing is we really want to teach people how do you how to appreciate whiskey right because mm-hmm. everyone you know you, once you get into the industry when you get into whiskey in that world you know you see people and they're like I'm tasting all these notes and sometimes it can be kind of overwhelming for someone new to go I taste alcohol I don't know what you're talking about right um but you know there's there's ways how do you smell it you know, how do you nose it, you know, which nostril do you go back and forth, all of that. You know, I always tell people second to third sip is the charm, you know, small sips and, and really try and get that flavor. Um, so we really walk people through and teach them what's what's probably the best way to taste it. So you can try to start picking up some of those notes. How do you pair it with, mm-hmm. you know, dark chocolate? How do you pair it with the pecan? How do you pair it with different, you know, a date and what flavors does that bring out? So we really love the tasting experience um, that people have, you know, you come in at the right time, you know, we'll be able to thieve right from a barrel that maybe we're finishing and experimenting with, and you get to taste something kind of unique, um, that maybe isn't out on the, out on the shelves for anyone, or especially not us. Um, so that's always cool. And we've got a a small event space too. So if anybody wants to, you know, if you got a party or anything like that, you can rent out the space and we'll have it catered and all that kind of stuff too. So, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's just, it's a cool place. It's got a little lounge, watch the football games and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, it's just, it's a, it's a great space. And again, a great staff that, that just really cares about the experience.
0: Yeah. Now you, you, you just mentioned something and then you mentioned something earlier and I kind of put these two together. Maybe, sure. maybe they're not correlated here, but, uh, you mentioned this idea of kind of pairing them with food, you know, mm-hmm. I think you said maybe dates or, or something along that lines. Like it, that's, that's a thing that, that Peggy, no Stevens is huge in and you kind of tossed her name out there earlier. Did this come yeah. from her or you just, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So she's, she's, again, she's another uh, fantastic mm-hmm. person and, and have become a really good friend. Um, and yeah, that's something that, you know, spending time with her, we picked up, you know, I personally picked up and she taught me, you know, here's how I taste cause she's got just amazing palate right? and just again, a wonderful person. Um, but yeah, that was something that that she and I kind of looked at and, um, as I was learning more and wanted to learn from her and, um, that's a big thing. You're right. The, you know, whether it's the wasabi, um, pieces and and dates and all that kind of stuff. How do you, there's so many flavors in a sip of whiskey, Mm -hmm. but you're, you almost can't process them all. But when you add some of the flavors from a date and then take the sip, or, you know, it's a a dark chocolate, then take a sip. You all of a sudden get way more flavors than you ever realize. And it just highlights and brings out um, what you, maybe you've missed. Um, And that's just a really, really cool experience to see. I'm tasting Mm -hmm. the exact same thing, but, I'm getting a whole different experience just simply because I took a bite of dark chocolate first or, or a day first or whatever. I'm um, a pecan first, um, something spicy first. Um, so yeah, that's, that's something I picked up from her and, and she was, uh, she, she's so much fun to work with as uh, going through her whole process. She's brilliant.
0: Yeah. I've, I've got her cookbook over here somewhere. The, yeah, we've got of, it too. Cookbook yeah. is the right term. It's there, there's cookbook, but then there's pairing and there's, yeah. it's just, it's fantastic. And you know, I, whiskey nerds can get real precious about um tasting notes and the things that they taste in there is there a specific note that people give out that you're like i hate hearing that word like (laughs) i know smooth is one that everybody kind of you know like likes to make fun of and i honestly don't hate that word as much because it's not a taste as much as it is a feel and it is a legitimate feel like a Mm -hmm. silky smooth feel in the mouth can be a thing but like do you have one because i've got a few but
1: Oh, tell me yours because, yeah, I want to hear yours because maybe it so, won't come to mind.
0: There's two. There, there's one is marzipan and the other one is okay. um, currants. And and they're okay. really just because I'm sort of a jerk, but like how many people are legitimately eating marzipan on a regular <laughs> basis that they know, like, have that ingrained in their brain? Sure. They've heard it from someone else. There's a very prominent person who uses that regularly. And I'm quite sure he does. But right. I don't. And then <laughs> um currants is another one. Like that's yeah. not a berry that you find in North America. Right. You might have red currant jelly.
1: Right.
0: That's a right. different flavor than an actual currant of its I don't know what a currant legitimately tastes like. I know right. what jelly tastes like and it is a different <laughs> thing. And so um yeah, than, and just pretentious ones. Like yeah. It, you taste what you taste. You can only taste what you remember right like right. if you've never had a flavor in your life exactly um you're not going to be able to taste that right. thing right and right. don't feel like i should have to say anything other than i tasted a, a particular distillery that is in lexington and i got a distinct flavor that reminded me of brand new tennis shoes in the 80s like they had that leather smell yep. flavor yep. and i told the person who had brought the bottle and they were like super offended because i thought it was i was like no it's a very nostalgic and great yeah, smell yeah. for me yeah and and flavor, but they didn't care for it themselves, and so anything that you can tell a story with I'm on board with, but oh yeah, sorry.
1: yeah, no, I, you know, I don't know if there's one that I don't like, because um, I think I get it, I think you're right, like if there's something that is so far out there that how often are you tasting marzipan, but again, maybe right. someone has, but um you know i I think the typical you know caramel and, and cherry, you know, the vanilla, all that kind of stuff. You, you, you kind of want to have something more than that. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, we've got this big tasting wheel that has all the different flavors that, you know, a lot of people have, and you you can get any kind of tasting wheel off of Google and stuff. And, you know, some of them are just funny, uh, you know, Mm -hmm. sawdust or pencil shavings and stuff. Uh like you said, leather and you know, how often yep. was the last time you put pencil shavings in your mouth? But again, there's a certain smell and obviously taste mm-hmm. is, is directly linked to smell and um you know that that would probably be one I would probably would, would pencil shaving. Yeah, I'd be mean, kinda it, like, it, Oh maybe make we may have missed the Yeah, um, there's
0: a good point there. Yeah, uh
1: but you know, I think rock fruit is another one like what? Rock fruit? Yeah. Okay. So, like, so, so that maybe, okay, you,
0: you triggered a memory here. So stone okay. fruit is another one for me. Stone fruit. That's what I meant. And, fruit, and so, so fruit. stone fruit, because yeah. specifically, an avocado is a stone right. fruit, technically, right? right? Yeah. As is a plum, Right. as is a peach, as is yep. a cherry and none of them taste the they're same
1: they're all completely different they're
0: all very distinctly <laughs> different and if and, and technically a blackberry is a stone fruit as yep. well right so yep. you run all of these things and like oh well i taste stone fruit and I, what i think they're trying to communicate is a dark dark right. fruit usually right. cuz they'll say peach if they mean peach right but stone fruit is referring to a plum or a cherry or whatever right. but it's a vague note and I, it, they heard someone else say it and what i found <laughs> um, you know, I sort of started collecting whiskey with this idea. Like I was going to have, I know, maybe you have kids, maybe you don't, but I was going to have whiskey taste. Like, people come over, we're going to drink, yeah, yeah. we're going to have a fun time. And then I had kids and learned about this idea of there's like day-to-day clean that you just, because you live in your house, you have kids or whatever. Right. And then there's like, people are coming over clean and they're oh, different, yeah. they're different things. Yeah. And then I was like, I don't really know that I want to have people over because I have to go to like, people are coming over clean. Right. And then the pandemic hit and it gave me this wonderful opportunity to like send out um, samples to friends and coworkers. And we did a bunch of zoom tastings and I did, you know, like we would hop on a zoom one evening and we'd run for three hours and taste stuff. And what I found is people that had never done a tasting before were really good at it That's because they did not have any preconceived notion of how they were supposed to behave. Right. But if they came back the second time,
1: then they I mean, were Jesus. immediately
0: reluctant to say anything. Sure, because whiskey nerds can be obnoxious. Like, just we can.
1: Well, and it, it can get overwhelming. I mean, again, yeah. for someone who's coming into it new, and you know, I didn't, you know, grow, going into it and, and hearing all these people, you, you almost feel like embarrassed that wow, I don't pick up green apple. I, I, <laughs> I pick up alcohol and some oak. I assume it's oak because it tastes kind of like a tree. Um, you know, and what's amazing is still none of those flavors, you know, vanilla and stone fruit and all that kind of stuff is in the actual, the liquid all comes from the, the, Mm -hmm. the wood obviously. But, you know, I think a lot of people are going, yeah, I taste alcohol and Oak and kind of maybe some vanilla kind of Bernie or whatever, but you know, you almost, there's that aura of, you know, if you don't taste all these things then you're not doing it right, you're not appreciating it. How can you not do Mm -hmm. that? And I think a lot of people, especially these days, are are loosening that up and going, you know, just try it, you know, with Flaviar and all the different kind of tasting companies that are out there. So just try it. Tell me what what comes to mind. And that's kind of what we do in our tasting room is just taste it and close your eyes. And what's coming to your mind? Is there an image? It could be a memory. It could be a color. It could be an actual taste. There's 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 so many ways you can go with it. Yeah. I've got a friend who, you know, she said it just it just reminds me of my dad. You know, mm-hmm. just because you know, and he passed away, and you know, just you know, sitting in the couch and on the couch, and him having a bourbon, it just reminds me of those calm evenings sitting at home with my dad, and that's just a cool memory. Yep. Um, so, yeah, I don't think there's any specific note that I that I don't like or you know that, that annoy me or anything. Yep. Um, some of the outlandish ones are just craziness of. You know, graham crackers toasted at 104 degrees on a backyard barbecue. You're way too. Night. You've gone yeah. way too specific. You, yeah. Yeah, like you, you've like, got a specific memory there. So
0: right, uh, yeah, and that's I say because that's the other thing is it's all specific memories. And you know, if right. I say bananas, right, are you thinking yeah. of an actual banana? Are you thinking of banana pudding? Right, banana runts. Right, you know, banana uh, milkshake. Like the, the, absolutely, and an artificial banana doesn't taste like real banana. They're all same great grape. Flavors grape
1: doesn't on. taste like. Yeah. Real grape. Is, yeah. It's all, all completely different. So. <laughs> right.
0: And it depends on what color the grape is too. Exactly. Like are we talking about a green grape or a red grape or a pink right. grape or cotton candy. Yeah. Anyways, we just hope like, that yeah.
1: the, the ending note is it tastes good. You know, if, if, yes. if, if, if someone that's, can go, that's, okay, that's where that's you should
0: good. start like, is this right. good or is this bad? What right. makes it bad? What makes it good?
1: Yeah. Especially and for a new person, you know, a new person goes, okay, I can appreciate this. Then that's awesome. We're, we're really happy. It gives you, it gives them a great experience that they now get to uh, get to go on with.
0: All right. Well, I'm at the end of my questions. Did, is there anything that we, we needed to talk about that we didn't talk about?
1: No, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that we, uh, thank you for so much for inviting me on and, um, you know, being able to talk about the new stuff that we've got coming out and yep. some of the, the exciting things that we've got in the next couple months and in the next year. And, um, you know, if anybody's has any questions, feel free to look us up R D one spirits on Instagram, Facebook, all that kind of stuff. Uh, you know we monitor it ourselves. We don't have some you know people out in California or anything like that. Yeah. It's just me and another person. So, um, you know, feel free to ask questions. Uh, we're all about it, and and hope to see uh, a lot of your viewers here soon at our at our location. Absolutely, and you, you absolutely
0: have to get by and taste this Amburana barrel. Um, I yeah. haven't had yours, but I've had one before, and and they're. I'll send yeah, you some. Yeah, I'll they're incredibly. Some. I super appreciate that. They're incredibly unique. It's it's a flavor profile that. It's just a. It, it's almost obscene. It's and, and unlike I'll anything else. Yeah, I'll say that. So I, I was I was drinking through the straight and the the French oak, mm. and for anyone who is wanting to get into French oak, this is a really good entry point because a lot of people will kind of go overboard. And I'm one of those people that whenever I started drinking red wine, I was like, give me the like most bitter tannic wood flavored thing that there is. And I loved it. Like Mm. give me a super dry chiani. I want to drink that. You know, I want my mouth to pucker up. I don't know if you remember the bitter beer face guy a long time ago. That's let's do that. (laughs) But that's not for everybody. And sometimes French oak can go that route. It can get super dry and, and, and have this kind of profile. This is very subtle, but absolutely aware that the French oak is there, right? Like it it doesn't kind of punch you in the mouth. It gives you exactly what you're saying, that soft roundness, that soft introduction into French oak. So if you don't know if you're into it or not, I would recommend go out and pick up a bottle of the rd one French oak when it's in the the stores, um, because it's a good way to kind of get a feeling for um, a well done French oak that is not kind of heavy handed.
1: Yeah. I appreciate it. Yeah. We, we spend a lot of time on mm-hmm. where's that line, what, you know, how far is mm-hmm. too far at what point does it over, you know, does it over, uh, over finish. And, uh, we think we found a really good spot, especially with that 101 proof to where you get all yep. that flavor. Um, so yeah, I, I really appreciate it. And again, it should be out in the next week or so. So, you know, go to your local liquor store, tell them they need to get that rd one in, and, uh, and you definitely try it before, before that first order goes out.
0: Yeah. I may be taking a sample by my local liquor store to make sure that they're aware before. Absolutely. I'll, I'll usually do that with whatever I've got. <laughs> I'm like, Oh, I really like this. I got to make sure yeah. my local guy knows. So that way he knows he's got at least a couple of bottles. So
1: yeah, <laughs> you know,
0: absolutely. It's always nice to kind of get that on the forefront, but right. um, absolutely appreciate you for joining. Um, Thank you, John. Fantastic conversation. You ever have anything else you need to talk about, want to talk about another offering, the platform is always available. And, you know, I appreciate I, it. I, I enjoy having these conversations. So we'll put you in the green room and close out.
1: I appreciate it. Thanks Thank for joining
0: Thanks for tuning in for this offering from the embellished podcast. If you enjoyed this, please leave me a review on whatever platform that you have to be consuming this on. Leave a comment if possible, hit me up on social media at Twitter or Instagram using embellished pod and give me a follow. So you can keep up with, with what's going on here. I can be found at www.embellishpod.com with all of my links, accounts, contact details, and more. I'll be back again next week with another new offering for you. So until then, cheers and thanks for hanging out.